0: Hello, this is Josh Chrisman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I wanna say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bible, you can turn with me today to the book of Genesis, chapter 25. So good to see each and every one of you in the house of the Lord today. Glad to have uh, Mike Smith and Jody with us. Why don't we welcome them today? We're so glad that you're here. Amen. I thought Brother Smith was going to jump up and kick his heels together. <laughs> he probably tried a couple times. Amen. So good to see Mike, his oldest son. Jody, uh, so dear to his heart, and uh, it's good to have my mom and dad with us this morning. So glad that you're here. Dad, would would you join us on the platform, please? See, I didn't ask him in private. Amen. Praise the Lord. Man, the older I get, the smarter he gets. Can anybody say, man, the older I get, the more I appreciate uh, him. There was a time in my life when I didn't, uh, like I say, I didn't truly appreciate our relationship and, and all that you did and all that you've done. But as I've gotten older and walking through this myself, I appreciate it. Amen. And uh, I've taken the things that I've learned and I've applied them to my family. And, uh, um, you know, they say that each generation should get better and better based on the previous generation's efforts, sacrifices, that the step that he took, that I'm already there because of what he's given me and I'm able to take another step. And and then as I reach a certain level, then I can hand that to my son and he he can take, and my daughters, not just my son, but my children, and they can take another step Amen. Help me know that that's the will of God for us to move closer and closer to God. Uh, thankful for you, I love you very much. <laughs> Amen. And Luke, I appreciate your words. I'll never forget it. Amen. Genesis twenty-five, verse five. I'm going to read one verse of Scripture. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. And you can read it with me. And Abraham gave all that he had unto Isaac. And Abraham gave all that he had unto Isaac. I want to preach to you this morning uh, a father's legacy, a father's legacy. I wonder if we could just lay our Bibles down for a moment, lift our hands to the Lord for just a, a moment, just ask him to speak to us. Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come before you, God. Lord, we're thankful for your spirit. We're thankful for what we feel in the house of the Lord today. God, we're thankful for your mercy, your grace, your compassion, your love. God, we're thankful for all that you have sacrificed for us. God, I pray for just a few moments, Lord, you would open up our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to be understanding of your word. Anoint me to preach the word, Lord, and anoint those that hear to hear the word. And we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands one more time. Praise the Lord. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. As I was uh, pondering this week in the last couple of weeks on this service and uh, um, preaching to the fathers on Father's Day, uh, it's, it's always a, a great honor to speak to um, a certain particular group, whether it's fathers or the mothers on Mother's Day. I have a hard time preaching to the mothers because I've never been one. You can laugh; it's funny. Hey, Amen. I've never been a mother; it's hard for me to grasp. I got to do a lot more studying when it comes to mothers, uh, uh, studying of my wife and studying of my mother and the the, the things that th- they have done and sacrificed and the impact that they have on children. Uh, but in but in looking into the the duties of the father. Um, very early in my walk with God I began to realize that uh, being a father is a very important role. Amen the father plays uh, a tremendous role in the lives of his children. Amen uh, the, the father is the one who who uh, the children look to uh, to, to find their, Identity, Amen. It's he's the one that they look to to um, to find encouragement or strength, Amen. How many know that the world that we live in is a harsh world, Amen. It's a it's a very hard world. Uh, it's it's a very it's vicious, Amen. And it's attack against children, Amen. And it's very important that the fathers be engaged in their children's lives, amen, for the well-being of their children. Somebody say amen. And if you're here today and, and your father was not uh, really involved in your life or has not been up to this point, there is an absolute void in your life, but there is, there is a remedy to that problem, amen, because we have a heavenly father, amen. We have a father in heaven who loves us, who has birthed us, who knows us and who has a plan for our lives. Amen. The, the earthly father is the, is the one in the Old Testament. Uh, the, the blessing of the father was very important. Amen. If you, if you read through Old Testament scripture, the blessing of the father was passed on to the generations that would come through his loins. How many know that Abraham passed down the blessing unto Isaac. Amen. And Isaac passed down the blessing to Jacob. The blessing was supposed to fall upon Esau. Esau was the firstborn. It was the firstborn son that was in line to get the birthright, they called it, or the blessing. Amen. The birthright was he was born in a position where he was meant to receive the blessing of the Father. Amen. He was the eldest son. He was the firstborn. And it was customary. It was the tradition that the father would lay his hands upon the firstborn son. And he would pass down his blessing upon the son. Amen. And the son, the firstborn son, would get a double portion of the family inheritance. And he would become the one that the family looked to. Amen. He would be the one who would stand in authority for the whole family. Amen. He would be the one that would be responsible. For the family, because the authority of the father was passed to the firstborn son. Amen. But how many know that Esau, Esau didn't 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 want the birthright? The Bible says that he traded his birthright for a bowl of beans or a bowl of pottage. He traded his birthright to Jacob for a bowl of soup. Amen. He did not have regard for the plan or the heritage of God. He didn't have a regard for the plan and the purpose. Of of God. Amen. How many know that the blessing of the father, how many know God blessed Abraham and then Abraham blessed Isaac, the blessing found its origin in the father in heaven. Amen. And I want to tell you today that if you have the ability to bless your sons and your daughters, the only true blessing comes from the father in heaven. How many know that it finds its purpose and its origin in God? How many know that we need a blessing of God? Clap your hands and love him today for he's worthy. <laughs> Amen. It was God who told Abraham, uh, uh, as the sand is on the seashore, so seashore, so shall thy seed be. Amen. I'm going to birth through you a son that's going to bless the whole earth. Every, every person that's ever born on the earth is going to be blessed by what I birth through you. Amen. How many know that the son Isaac came through? He was the son of promise. He was the son of blessing. Sarah was old. She was 90 years old. And God came to Abraham and said, Sarah's going to have a child. Sarah was eavesdropping. You know, because that's what ladies do. God, don't be throwing any tomatoes this morning. We're in church. She was eavesdropping on the conversation. And when she heard the angel tell Abraham that she was going to have a son, she laughed. She laughed and and. The angel, when they came out of the tent, she was standing there. And and the angel asked her, said, why did you laugh when I was telling Abraham about the promise of God? She said, I didn't laugh. You're going to lie to the Lord? He knows everything. That's a problem there. Amen. She's going to have a son. Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was conceived. Amen. It was a miracle. It was an absolute miracle that Abraham and Sarah could have a son and produce a son in their old age. It was a testament to the word and the will of God. No matter how far it goes down through time, no matter how much time has elapsed, it's never too late for the promise to be fulfilled. If God spoke it, He'll bring it to pass, (laughs) amen. Isaac was born. Isaac was called the son of promise. Amen. And then and then through Isaac and Rebekah, there was two twins born into that union. It was Esau and Jacob. Esau being the firstborn. He didn't want the blessing. He traded it to Jacob for a bowl of soup. He traded it for nothing. Amen. He traded it for something that would only last for a couple of minutes. He traded, traded the birthright, the blessing of God, for something that would only last last for just a couple of minutes. He traded it for something that would satisfy the appetite of his flesh for just a couple of minutes. But how many knows that there's pleasure in sin for a season, but there's going to come a moment that you're going to have to refill the tank. There's going to come a moment. You're going to have to take of it from it again, because it will not last. Somebody say it will not last. But the blessing of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. The blessing of the Lord is not a temporal blessing. It's not a temporal inheritance. It's not necessarily money and clothing and cars and stuff. Come on. Because the, our life consisteth not of the things which we possess. But our life is more than just that what we can get with our natural hands. The blessing of God is eternal in the heavens. It is set in place for us. uh, with Jesus Christ uh, in heavenly places. Uh, If you've got a blessing of the Lord and an inheritance in God, lift your hands right now and thank him for your inheritance. Hmm. I'm thankful for your inheritance, Lord. So when the father would lay his hands on the son and he would pass down the blessing, how many know that it was coming forth from not just him? But it was coming forth from the father. Amen. Amen. And a lot of times that when they would lay their hands upon their children, it would be a word of encouragement. Come on. It would tell them what their inheritance would be. But it would also, there would also be wrapped in it a prophetic word for their future. Amen. Uh, the blessing of God is more than just for right now. Come on. It's more than just for here. Come on. It's a it's a prophetic word which speaks of your future. Anytime the prophetic is loosed, he's not speaking for right now. Yeah, he's speaking to you in the moment that you're living in. But it's always for a time down the road. It's always for a future, a future blessing, a future calling, a future Amen. I don't know about you, but I want to leave something for my children's future. I want to leave them something more than just money. Amen. I've seen a lot of families. The only thing they had to hand down to their children was money. And I've watched the families be torn apart by that which was left by the daddy and the mommy. How many have seen it? Amen. They can't they can't come to an agreement or they're not happy with what they got come on they're not happy with their portion they're not happy with their part and so there's a there's a there's a division in the family there's a fight and a quarrel in the family which leaves the family separated amen i don't want to leave anything for my children that's going to separate them come on separate them from each other separate them from the church separate them from God but i want to leave something for them that's gonna that's gonna edify them that's going to build them up strengthen them them and prepare them for the fight, the spiritual fight that they're going to face in this life. That one of these days when they cross over those, those shores of glory, that I'm going to be standing there waiting on them. And the Lord's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter thou in the kingdom of the Lord. That's more valuable than anything this earth can offer. It's more valuable. Amen. How many know it's more valuable? The role of the father was very important in biblical days because the father stood in representation of God. That is our place in the family. Amen. How many know that the Bible says that when he spoke to the man, you were made in the image of God. Amen. You were made and placed in authority in your homes, in your families. Amen. there are times when the father is not present that the mother has to assume the responsibilities of the father. And sometimes that is necessary. And I believe that God will give the mothers the strength to stand. Amen. And to give the children exactly what they need. But I believe that's why he gave us the church. Amen, because he knew that there would be people that would fail, fathers that would fail, fathers that wouldn't get their place and support their children and give the children the legacy that they deserve. And so he placed in their lives a church. Come on, he placed some ministry. He placed a, a pastor. He placed some elders there that can lead them and correct them and encourage them and give them a prophetic word for their life. How many is thankful for the church of the living God? And if you're here this morning and your dad's not present in your life, I speak a blessing over your life. I speak prosperity into your life. I speak healing and blessing and restoration. Come on. I speak prosperity in every area of your life. You're valuable to God. You're valuable to God and you're valuable to us. Amen. How many know they're valuable to us? Why don't we thank God for that? Thank you, God, for the church. Amen. The fathers have a responsibility to get from God and give to their children. Somebody say, "Get, get it from God and give it to their children. Jesus said it this way. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do, those things he, do, he does. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth and he will show him greater works than these that ye may marvel amen understand that that jesus was sitting in the position of son amen he was he was standing in earth in the position of son he was he was he's come into the earth to restore sonship how many know that when Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, that sonship was lost. That that when, when Adam didn't hearken unto the voice of God, but he hearkened unto the voice of his wife, and he did that... Uh, against that which God had commanded him that that they he fell from sonship that no longer was he a representation of God but he was a misrepresentation of the position that God had placed him in and he began to hearken unto the things of the world and he began to return into his primitive nature to his five senses no longer did he act in response to his spirit but his spirit had died and now he's left to respond to the world around him through his five senses through his sight through his touch through his hearing through his smelling and through his tasting dominated by his senses in the world how many know God had to robe himself in flesh and take on him the form of a man to restore sonship so that we as sons can be restored to relationship with the father amen and so when Jesus is talking about what he sees the father do he's saying I'm operating in the earth as a son I have a responsibility as a son to see what the father's doing and do it to hear what the father's saying and say it. I don't have a right as a son to do it my own way. I don't have a right as a son to operate the way I want to operate, to live the way I want to live. I have a responsibility as a son of God to see what God's doing and repeat it. Come on, to see the example that's been laid ahead for me and operate in the same tactic. Tasks that God takes on. I want to tell you today, the reason why you're struggling in your life, the reason why you can't find happiness, the reason you can't find peace is because you're trying to find it under your own terms. You're trying to do it yourself and find it your own way. But the only way you're going to find the purpose and the will for your life is you got to step into the will of God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hey man, there's a freedom that comes when we quit doing it our way and start doing it God's way. There's a deliverance that comes when we quit doing it our way and start doing it God's way. I'm telling you the moment that I came to the place where I said, Lord, I've tried it my way. I've tried to do it my way and it left me wrecked. It left me hurting and it left me broken. God, I'm going to do it your way. Sometimes we got to get broken enough to accept the will of God for our lives. I'm mean, thankful for that? Jesus said, what I see, that's what I do. As a dad, I've noticed. Becca used to tell me when the kids were just little, she'd say, the kids love me as their mother. But there's something about you that they just want to mimic you. They want to do what you do they want to say what you say they want to they want to be what you are a couple of my girls thought that they were going to marry me when they got older I said I'm already married you know when they're just little they love dad Amen. Hey man I remember uh, them wanting to, to be like dad saying what dad says that's a great responsibility. You'll notice that the things they pick up easiest are not the things that you want them to pick up. One day I was in the shop. Anybody ever tried to take a, a, a lawnmower tire off of a rim with your hands? I thought I was strong. I'm not. I'm not that strong, man. I worked on that tire. I fought with that thing. I was sweating. I was. I was laboring, man. I was every, everything I could think of to try to pull that tire off, and I couldn't get it. And and the longer I tried, the madder I got. How I many you know what I'm talking about? And Luke was right there with me. What are you gonna do, Dad? I don't know. I got so mad I was I was pushing on that thing and my hand slipped, hit my elbow, cut it open, I picked up that tire. Ah! Looks like Mom, how do you know they run right to mom, don't they? Don't tell your mom about this. That's a lost cause. He was so shocked. He ran to mom, mom, you better check on dad. She comes out, what's going on? What do you mean what's going on? Well, uh, Luke's kind of scared. It's like I got mad at the tire and the rim and threw it against the wall in the shop. She said, did that help? It helped a, helped a little bit. But what I didn't realize is I was teaching my son something. wasn't very much dealt down the road. I saw him working on his bicycle. <laughs> and he did the same thing. He got angry. Threw it. Kicked it. And I can't say anything to correct him, right? Because I, I was like, well, chip off the old block. Amen. How many know what I'm talking about? It's the things that it's the things that you don't want them to pick up that they pick up. You say one cuss word one time in your life, and they're going to go around saying it. And they'll they'll say it in front of people that you don't want them to say it in front of. I remember my brother Neil. His bo- he was over at the house one Sunday afternoon, and and uh, his little boy was like two. He's playing there around the coffee table, and we're all sitting there around the table. And he dropped his toy. And He said, "Oh, sh!" And we all went. We looked at him, and then we looked at Neil. All right, bro. We know what you've been saying around the house. Neil's like, right now. You remember that? Don't embarrass me like that. Amen. As fathers, we got to realize that, that we have a, a great responsibility to our children. And whether we understand it or know it or not completely, they are watching your life. Amen. not only just your children, but anybody that you have influence in their life, they're watching you. Amen. They're watching how you respond. They're watching how you talk. They're watching how you live because there are people that are looking for an example. Come on. They're looking for somebody in which to mimic, to imitate. Amen. That's how we are made. It's the people that influence our lives the most that we pick up the most from that's why I want my children in the church I want them around godly people and I know that people aren't perfect people make mistakes and there are hypocrites in church but there are also good people there are holy people there are people that are trying to live right and do right and try to be an example to our next generation I'm going to tell you if we're not there for them somebody will be Somebody will be, it's our responsibility as dads to talk about the word of God with our children. Amen. He said, he, he said to, he, he said, these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and talk about them when thou sittest down in the house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up and when thou shalt bind them as a sign upon thine hand and shall be frontlets between thy eyes. They should be in everything that you do and they should be the vision in what we're putting our life and the purpose that we're living for. Come on. How many know that we have a responsibility to train our children in the way that they should go? And we have a promise from the Lord that when they're old, they will not depart from it. Amen. Some of the greatest times I've had with my children are one-on-one. Amen. Talking. Taking the time to talk to my children. You know, they have struggles and they have issues too. Amen. I mean, sometimes we're so worried about our own struggles that we forget about everybody else's struggles. I remember one time me and Luke were, we, we used to, we, we don't do it as much anymore. And I miss those times. We used to have fires all the time out back in the house, even in the middle of the summer. We just like to burn stuff. <laughs> I'd say, got anything we can burn? He meant something manly about a fire. Didn't there? And, and so we would get whatever we could find, old wood, you know, scrap stuff and start, start a fire and burn it. And we would sit around and Luke always liked to poke the fire. Play in the fire. I mean, he'd get a stick and He'd be jumping over it, putting more wood on, have that thing roaring. One day I'm sitting there in the chair and we're talking and and there's these bugs that were in the wood that we put in the fire, uh, little wood roaches. And uh, one of them came, they were falling off in the fire and burning up and he thought that was great. Well, as we're watching, this one little bug, crawls up on the top of one of the pieces of wood where it's free from the smoke and the fire. It's safe there. And it's sitting there. And I, t- I, t- I told Luke, I asked him, I said, I said, what, what's this bug going to do right here? What's he going to do? He's like, oh man, he don't even know. Right? He's in trouble. And he said, but if he, would, if he would just come back here, Come over here and crawl down, he could just get right out of that fire. And I said, Yeah. I said, Yeah, but you see from a different perspective than he sees. You're like God in his eyes, you're above him because you can see what he can't see. He's like, I could see it, it registered. It made an impact. He's like, that makes perfect sense. I said, yeah, it absolutely does. That's why we need God. Because when we're in the middle of a struggle, all we can see is what's right in front of us. All we can see are the things that are around us. But when God looks on our situation, come on, I started to preach to him. Come on. How many know when God looks on our situation, he sees from a heavenly perspective. He declares the ending from the beginning. He knows how to get you out of your trouble, out of your situation. He can see where you're at. He knows what turn you need to make in order to get you to safety. If you could only just hear the voice of God. I said, if that, if that bug could hear you talking to him, he could find his way out. Amen. If he would listen to what you had to say he could find his way out but if he doesn't he's going to be lost in the fire come on can I preach to you this morning we need God to give us direction we need him to intervene in our situations amen he's like he's like wow it was a revelation it was a I call them God moments it was a God moment In the life, in our relationship, where God connected us in a moment where I could teach him something that I knew. Amen. He'll never forget that, even now. I mean, he brought it up the other day. Hey, Dad, remember that time when we were sitting by the fire and that bug? He brought it up. He can tell the story just as, as good as I can tell the story. He remembers it. It impacted his life. It was something that, 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 that I gave to him in a moment that we were conversing and having conversation and, and interacting together as a father and a son. Come on, somebody. We need to have, spend time with our children. We need to spend time with our grandchildren. They need what we have. Come on. They need what you've learned. They need, in order to get through life, they're going to need direction and wisdom and the understanding that we have. Somebody say amen. We were talking yesterday, me and Trent and Matt, and talking about being in business. And uh, um, they're both aspiring to start up businesses and operate in business and whatever. And so we were talking about it. And I, and I, and I spoke up and I said, well, you know, a corporation that, that has been in business a long time, they got a hundred years under their belt. They've learned a lot of lessons. They've learned what works and what don't work. How many know they had to learn it the hard way? Hey Amen. How many had to learn some things the hard way? It's, it's supposed to be that we save our children from making the same mistakes that we made. That's, that's the desire, right? And so I said, what you need to do is find a bigger company, somebody that, that has, is doing what you're doing, somebody that's already been through the process of, of understanding it and becoming it, and see what they do and try to understand what they do. And if you can do that, it's going to save you from a lot of trouble or circumstance that you're going to fall into where you're not going to know what to do. Amen. You're going to make a lot. If you don't do it, you're going to make a lot of mistakes that they made. You're going to make repeat mistakes. And how many know from generation to generation, we should not be making the same mistakes over and over and over. My dad tried to save me from his mistakes and I'm trying to save the generation under me from their mistakes and through the process of working through life and passing down wisdom and understanding, they should be able to reach higher than we reach. Come on. They should be able to attain more of God than we got. Come on. They shouldn't be able to have to waste all the time that we wasted of getting to a level with God that God has purposed. Somebody say amen. That's the will of God. Whether they want to hear it or not, we got to tell them. Amen. Some things I didn't listen to, and I paid for it. Can somebody say amen? amen. Some of the things I did listen to, and, I, and I'm thankful that I did. Amen. I'm thankful that I listened to my dad, my godly father, who tried, to, who tried to teach me the ways of the Lord. Amen. And I remember him telling me when I was a teenager. He'd say, you know what the answer is? Say yeah, Dad, I know. I know, I know. He said, "Well, you know, so you're responsible for it, hey, man. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't hold back in telling you. You're responsible for it." He'd say, I "Have all these questions and they can't be answered and all this," and he'd say, "You know what the answer is, even into my 20s. Jesus, and I'd cast it off like, yeah, whatever. But I found out in my life, Jesus is the answer. Amen. Amen. It was right then and it's right now. And it'll always be right. And I can hear you telling my older brothers, even right now, today. I've heard you just a while back. Jesus is the answer. Amen. Jesus is the answer. If you got a question, he's the answer. If you got a question, he has the answer to your question, the solution to your problem. He's got direction in your wondering. Come on. If you're standing at a crossroads and you don't know what to do, turn to him. He's got the answer. He'll give you direction. He'll point you in the right way. He'll get he'll bring healing and restoration to your life. Turn your life to him. Let him save you from disasters in your world. Somebody say amen. First Chronicles 29 and 19. This is David praying for his son Solomon. Let me know it's godly for us to pray for our children. Dads, nobody can pray for your children like you can. Amen. We should be praying for our children, not just our children, but all the children that are under our care here at the Anchor Church. Somebody say amen. We need to cover them in prayers of protection, provision, deliverance. Somebody say amen. First Chronicles 29 and 19. And give unto Solomon my son a perfect heart to keep thy commandments and thy testimonies and thy statutes and do all these things, okay? He's telling them, uh, give him a good heart, a clean heart, a perfect heart, that he can do all the things in your word that I taught him. He taught him the commandments. He taught him the, the laws and the statutes. He taught him the testimonies. What are testimonies? Experiences, right? It's times in your life where God has healed you, protected you, Delivered you, saved you. Come on. It's your experience with God where He's never failed you. Amen. How many know that we need to pass those on to our children? There should be testimonies that come from uh, lives lived and examples that come from a life lived and passed down for generations. Amen. How many know that it was customary in the Jewish culture that they would pass down the things that God did for them, crossing the Red Sea, feeding them in the wilderness? Amen. How many know that the the, the Ark of the Covenant that they carried around, it was called the Ark of the Testimony? Amen. And it had in it the Aaron's rod that budded and the the golden pot of manna and the Ten Commandments and Moses' song. And they carried it around as a testimony to who God was in their lives. We can't let the testimonies go. If God delivers you, tell your children. If God heals you, let that testimony go. If God's delivered you and restored you, testify about it. Amen. I can hear Solomon testifying about David Beating Goliath. I mean, no, we all still preach that. Every preacher on the planet preaches about David killing Goliath. That's a testimony. Amen. You know, Pastor Bounds said something the other day. I was listening to him preach. And he said, Testimonies are not for right now, they're for future. Amen. It's a reminder that he did it then, he'll do it again. Amen. How many know he'll do it again? Amen. If he, did it, he, if he did it, then he's going to do it again. Somebody say amen. He says, I, I want you to give him a perfect heart to keep your commandments and your testimonies and your statutes and do all these things. This is great right here. And to build the palace for the which I have made provision. David wanted to build the temple of the Lord. It was in his heart to build God a temple. I mean, no, he had a heart after God's own heart. Amen. He wanted to build something for the Lord. He wanted, he wanted to do it, but it wasn't in God's will for him to do it because he had blood on his hands. Amen. He could not build the temple. He said, I might not be able to build it, but I'm going to gather the materials. I'm going to gather all the materials that he needs to make his job easier. Amen, so that when he goes gets to the place in his life where he gets that desire that God's gonna put on in him to build the house of the Lord, he's not gonna have to take the time to gather everything that he needs. Everything that he needs is already placed in his hands. All he's gotta do is take the blueprint and build it. All he's gotta do is put his hands to the work. Thank God for godly men that have gathered the materials, gathered the wisdom, gathered the knowledge, given it to us so we can build the house of the Lord. Amen. I might not be able to do what you're called to do, but, but, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna gather the material. I'm gonna get the wisdom. I'm gonna get the understanding. I'm gonna get everything that you need to step up to that higher place. So when you step into the call of God and the position that God has purposed for your life, you'll be able to focus your attention, not on what God called me to do, but what he called you to do. That is the will of God. That is the will of God. Mm. Stay with me all around the building. Hallelujah. I'm going to leave something for my children. A legacy is that which has been left behind for the next generation. When we depart from this earth, the only thing that they're going to have, you know, when I'm gone, God forbid that that would happen anytime soon, but I mean, no, we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Amen. I don't know when that's going to be, but when I leave, are they going to have enough? Are they going to have what it takes? Come on. Have I? Have I poured into them enough? Have I, have I talked with them enough? It, it keeps me awake at night. It, it makes me pray. It makes me pray for opportunities. And I can impart into them the gifts of God, the wisdom of the Lord. Elijah, the Bible says that the Lord told him to go anoint Elisha. Be prophet in his stead. The Bible says that as he went, he found Elisha plowing with yokes of oxen, and he took his mantle, his covering, and as Elisha didn't even see him coming, just threw it on him. Didn't necessarily even want it. Man. But he put it on him anyway because he was called of God. Elisha stopped plowing and said, Hey, hold on a minute. Wait for me. He killed the oxen. How many know he killed him, sacrificed them, left everything that he was doing, and watered the hands of the prophet. He walked with Elijah. He saw the miracles that happened in the ministry of Elijah. Amen. He was there with him as a servant, serving him, walking with him. Elijah was teaching him, showing him how to live, showing him how to walk, showing him how to minister. The Bible says when it came time for Elijah to be taken up, that they were separated by a whirlwind and a chariot of fire. God, Elijah, it took him away. You know, he's, he's one of the only ones in the Bible that never died of death. He was taken away. Who knows who the other one was? For he was not because God took him. But when he left... When Elijah went out of sight, something fell to the earth. It was his mantle. It was his his covering. It was a representation of the anointing, of the legacy that he had left behind. Amen. It fell to the earth, and Elisha's standing there watching as it all happens and unfolds in front of him. And the Bible doesn't say that the mantle fell on him, but it fell near him. And he ran over and he picked it up. And he put it on. How many know he walked under the same mantle that Elijah walked under? And the brook that Elijah had smote with the mantle. And it's and it and it divided, and they walked over on dry ground. Elisha walks up to it. Where's the Lord God of Elijah? Smites the water and the water parts. He walks over on dry ground. It was a representation that the same way that God was with Elijah, he was going to be with Elisha. I want to tell you today, it's our responsibility to leave for the next generation. It's our responsibility to pour into them. It's our responsibility to give them what we have. Somebody say amen. I want to speak to the young people for a moment. I can't make you want what God has for you. I can't do it. If I could, I would. If I could take the same desire that's in me and place it in you, I would do that. It would save you a lot of heartache in your life. It would, but I can't do that. I can't make you want it. Amen. It's near you this morning. It is here. The Lord is here. How many have felt him in this house today? He's here. You got to want it for yourself. You got to be able to pick up what's been placed in front of you. Brother Anthony, and put it on. You got to put it on. This is the way I'm going to live. I'm going to listen to instruction in my life. I'm going to listen to my elders, Brother Ethan. I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen to my mom and my dad. I'm going to listen to what they're trying to teach me. I'm going to set my heart. God, give me a pure heart so that I could hear the teachings. God, I pray that you would get rid of all the rebellion in my spirit. God, that I would not rebel against your ways but put in me a submissive spirit that I would be submissive to your will and to your way. And it will be the hand of blessing upon your life. I'm not just saying this this morning, just to say it. Feel the hand of God in it. It fell near Elisha. It was close to him. But he had to make a conscious decision pick it up this is the life that I want to live come on, this is is what I want, I desire the blessing of the Lord I desire the, the prosperity of God in my life, I desire the will and the plan of God and the purpose that he has purposed from the foundation of the world he said in the book of Psalms that before that you were even born that he wrote in the book about you It's already written. It's an eternal purpose, an eternal plan. But this morning, you got to be willing to pick it up. you got to be willing to say, you know what? I'm tired of all this nonsense. I'm tired of reaching for things that have not fulfilled my life. I'm tired of reaching for things that have left me empty broken and wondering, I'm going to reach for that, which is eternal. Come on. I wonder if we could do that this morning. I'm going to open these altars right now. God's pulling on some people. Why don't you just run to this altar today and and give it to the Lord and say, God, I'm going to do it your way. I have purposed in my heart. I've heard the teaching of my pastor. I've heard the teaching of the elders. I've heard the testimonies of what you can do and all that you have purposed. And I want that to happen in my life. I want you to clothe me. I want you to cloak me. I want you to put that purpose on my life and that blessing on my life in the name of Jesus, come on come on, why don't we crawl into these altars today just for a moment if you don't want to come to the altar you can pray right there at your seat seated or standing, why don't you lift your hands and just begin to call in the name of the Lord right now come on with an open heart I need your glory. come on, he I sees it he sees the glory. ending of it He sees the ending of it. He he knows how to get you out of the mess that you're in. Come on, but you gotta listen for his voice. You gotta do it his way. You gotta be be submissive to the Spirit and to the Word of God. In the name of Jesus. Come on, if you could just see what God sees. Come on, if you could just if you could just see from His perspective for just a moment. If you could just see the purpose and the will and the plan of God for your life. It would change your life forever. Come on, one whisper of his voice, one word from his mouth, one touch from his hand. God, that's all I desire today, Lord. Touch my life, Lord. Bless my life. Bless the lives of my children. my way, but all of the pain would go away. In the name of Jesus. Give me this love.